0: Welcome to the Location Technology Podcast from Kulpa, bringing you everything you need to know about all things location. Find out more at kulpa.com forward slash podcast. Okay, so hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Location Technology Podcast by Kulpa. I'm once again joined by our Chief Growth Officer, Fabio Belloni. Fabio, welcome.
1: Hey, thank you, sir. Yes. How are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you.
1: Yeah. Good, good to be good. here again. Good. I've got a question for you. Sure. I just look at the table and even though the people online they cannot uh, see us because the podcast. Yeah. I see you got a clapper board. Yeah. On our table yeah. what is that? Yeah. So
0: a clapper board is what you use in in film and TV and for those listening are you know one of these uh, boards that you hold in front of the camera.
1: Like the one you see in the movies when yeah. you see behind the scene that there is the guy with the white set action. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's normally to the the sound that you hear is like this, it helps to match the video and the audio when you do the. Oh,
1: yeah! Oh okay. gosh, I've learned something today. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about um, some of the myths and facts uh, about using uh, Bluetooth as a radio technology, especially pertaining to uh, positioning technologies and location services. So uh, we've actually we had a webinar, uh, or you had a webinar earlier this week. Uh, which was hosted by Bluetooth where you covered some of these some of these issues.
1: Yeah, it was exciting to be there It's um, undoubtedly a, I, the largest webinar I took part of I think there were a few thousand people uh, registered for the event and uh, Almost a thousand people online or something like that. So I was absolutely exciting and uh, I was honored to be online uh, with uh, uh, Gabriel with uh, Andrew um, and of course, Chuck for from Bluetooth. So uh, has been uh, has been exciting to uh, to have the possibility to share the stage with uh, uh, other company like Broadcom, ABI Research, and uh, and, uh, and and Bluetooth that has been uh, uh, working not just on the core technology but also on the market analysis part to to really kind of sense and speak and collect uh, kind of market humor and uh, people feelings after having uh, uh, you know see releases of technology standard having tried them out in practice and um, unfortunately not always things happen like in the movies that uh, it's as easy and uh, rarely and exactly rarely so it's, uh, it's, it's really easy to to kind of convert uh, a, a document specs into into reality and uh, and what we have noticed over the, the past few years have been um, uh, some misunderstanding, I would say, of uh, what uh, um, Bluetooth uh, technology for positioning services could really deliver. And um, and I think it was a great initiative uh, by Bluetooth to put together a, a webinar that would, uh, I think, in a, in a non-controversial way, try a non-confrontational way, try to... Uh, bring uh, on the table some uh, some facts and uh, and myth and try to use uh, um, examples and concrete uh, uh, rationals upon clarifying some of those uh, aspects. So um, I, I really enjoyed the discussion, so I hope the people online did as well.
0: Yeah, and um, we, we actually... There, there was a lot of questions that came through, and I thought that this would be a great... Uh, great time for us to address some of those questions and uh, give maybe a summary of some of the things that you spoke about during the webinar so um, I've got a few questions here so let's let's get right into it Um, so I've got a question here that says we've tried uh, some reference implementation of Bluetooth direction finding but the accuracy and the reliability is no good why
1: yeah that's uh, that's something that uh, we we have seen uh, happening in in the past let's say couple of years so what, what happened is, is that uh, um, several companies, typically silicon vendors, uh, they have taken upon uh, building uh, some reference implementation of, uh, uh, on top of the standard specifications. And those uh, reference implementation or demo uh, kit, they are typically used uh, as a starting point, uh, really as a reference design for someone that intend to invest and build the old platform from scratch. And um, those reference implementation, they are typically quite... Uh, close to following the standard specs, and the standard specs, they don't necessarily talk about uh, the latest, the greatest, the most scalable uh, way to implement the technology, but they include the fundamental building block that needs to be accounted for, taken in place in order to, um, to build. I mean, historically, there are other technologies that uh, they had standard specification that no one really implemented according to those standards but they have used those standard building block as the base upon which they uh, implement vendor-specific implementation, which would not break the standard, but those vendor-specific implementation, they actually include all the the goodies, all the um, unwritten uh, know-how collected throughout tens of hundreds of thousands of deployments that really make a system and a platform in its complexity. So platform just doesn't mean a piece of hardware or piece of software platforming means a suite a software suite of different applications that you know working together and given in the hand of um, different people that wants to leverage upon making use of the platform can really build something scalable accurate reliable uh, which would really serve uh, serve the needs of the market so that's why also one point of the the webinar I, I think i made the comment that nowadays everyone can pretty much build the reference uh, um, implementation of a positioning system whether they would be using uh, ultra wideband whether they would be using bluetooth rssi or the new declination of, of version of Bluetooth for positioning, which is Bluetooth direction finding, and, and soon coming, as Gabriel from, from Broadcom was, uh, was presenting, also the ranging estimate uh, within Bluetooth. So there are uh, different technology, different reference implementation, but those ones, they just take you up to a very initial amateur kind of level then if you really want to become a pro and build a pro version of the platform, that's where um, it takes a significant amount of effort. And and to be honest, that's where Coupa has, has really played his role. So if you think about the value chain that I was showing at one point of the presentation, um, Coupa sits really between the solution provider in terms of application and services. So the one that they kind of... Uh, compile the use case and address the use case that needs to be served upon the end customer and then on the on the left hand side is the hardware provider the one that uh, are providing those those silicon or the modules or those building blocks Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of that is to really be able to to build a a software application engine like positioning engine but also rule engine Mm Uh, tag provisioning engine, commissioning engine, uh, different level of filtering, uh, different application tools for allowing someone to go through the different stages of the project, from the survey, from the, to the planning, to the real commissioning, provisioning. So all of this doesn't come as part of the reference implementation. That, that's all on top of that. In a way, sometimes I, I like to think, you know I think about the, the, the diesel engine or, or a petrol engine. I think that if you read the, the patents or the original implementation, you find everything in there. but, but those implementation are from 100 years ago and then vendor specific implementation have created the engine we know today. Yeah. So there is a bit of a gap and in between that there is the expertise of a company like Coupa that they, they they build and complement upon the basic building blocks. And of course, like in the example, the car is not just about building the engine hardware, but it's also all the electronics, uh, the commanding of the engine, the dashboard, the gear, all the other pieces that effectively make the car experience to be a car experience.
0: So not just as easy as having the reference implementation?
1: No, 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 it's not. And I think that at some point of the discussion in the webinar, it also came up when... When, when Gabriel and Andrew were presenting that, uh, um, you know, different com- companies like, like yesterday, we have different roles in the value chain. I mean, the SIG uh, and, and the Bluetooth SIG has really the role to orchestrate and, uh, and, and bringing companies together to work upon a greater goods which is created at the standard. And then uh, um, silicon vendors, they are building the fundamental building blocks, the hardware that really makes the whole thing work, ultimately at the right price point, scalability, and so on. And then there are companies like Coupa that are technology vendor that builds the platform and we sell to the system integrator that then we listen closely to the end customer. (laughs)
0: and even talking about like the the accuracy and the reliability of the dot it's not necessarily just having that kind of hardware in place and we've actually seen this uh, quite recently actually we we um, ran some binary data from a previous project in an older software version and ran that exact same binary data in a newer software version or, or a newer version of our positioning engine and just in that one uh, one step up we saw a massive difference in the performance of that actual dot on the map it's a lot smoother a lot more stable a lot more reliable so yeah, yeah you're
1: absolutely right you know it's, again similar to a car, the, the the engine the the chassis the old structure evolves and likewise it's uh, it's the platform itself so if you take the exact same data but you run it through different uh, version of the platform you get always a better a better experience at least that's what we try to do (laughs) is to always increase the the the, the performance of the the platform uh, to to provide more reliability more uh, accuracy uh, smaller delay more consistency in the data so and and there be able to adopt a platform that can in a I, I hate to say deterministic way because there is always no answer into the data, but in uh, in a reliable way to replicate the same outcome, is specifically is absolutely critical when you're serving location-based services because you know based on what you are predicted in terms of position of objects, not just in absolute term, meaning where they are in the building but also close to which other objects they are or or whether they are transiting through a certain virtual gate or across a zone, then you might trigger an event and that event might have an implication, trigger an alarm or send a notification or record, record a certain status of a process. So if, if, if the data are not good, then also whatever events you are creating becomes unreliable. So the, the accuracy itself, uh, it's, it's, it's really just a piece of the puzzle that makes the platform to be able to perform over and over again in a reliable way. And also, as we touched yesterday, accuracy is really relative. Uh, some business, uh, they are really seeking for the centimeter, but also when you do that, uh, you also pre-think and compute where the tag needs to be mounted with uh, uh, upon the objects that you want to track, because you know that you are within centimeter of where the tag is. Uh, but then there are other cases in which you know you just want to know the object is within a meter, within the width of the person, the size of a person, or the size of a pallet in a warehouse. So and everything can scale like two, three, four meters and so on. So always uh, just looking and seeking for the, the accuracy. Yeah, I mean, it's a simple way to describe how, how good the platform is, but it's really a incomplete uh, uh, matrix for analyzing the goodness.
0: I sense a little upsell opportunity there, so I'll tell all the listeners <laughs> that if we have, if anybody has a uh, corporate deployment currently running, make sure you upgrade your uh, software to the latest version.
1: <laughs> I, I think they would be pleasantly surprised. that yeah, <laughs> If not, just let us know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, all right. So moving on, we uh, so we touched on the accuracy and the reliability, and the next up is uh, maybe something to do with the distance that that we see. So the question here is: My ceiling is more than ten meters in height. Can I still use Bluetooth for direction 5?
1: Yeah, this is a common mi- mi- misunderstanding uh, because uh, they, using the term Bluetooth technology, sometimes people associate uh, that old Bluetooth is Bluetooth. And uh, the same technology that I use to connect my ear set to my phone is the same. We are using gear for positioning, which is absolutely not the case. So the radio hardware is the same, the modulation, some of the fundamentals but there is uh, a lot of differences on how the data gets processed and the hardware is built and the sensitivity are set and so on. And also the profile and the packet structure itself, uh, so the amount of data that are communicated and even the type of connection that is formed, like. When you, when you connect your, your earpiece to the phone, you actually create a handshake, so it's a connection-oriented uh, process uh, where you, you establish a secure connection between two points. Like pairing. Like right? pairing, exactly, that's what you do. You're pairing, that, that's actually what, what, what you do when you get in the car and you want yeah. to pair your phone yeah. to the car. Uh, but, but when you do it for a position, then typically we are talking about uh, connectionless. Uh, kind of profiles or, or um, protocols for exchanging communication and those packets they also tend to be much shorter. And uh, for Bluetooth uh, when, you, when you think about the 10 meters that's, that's like the number that everyone typically learns in the early stage when approaching or by consumer devices, um, 10 meters works but nominally it's for transmitting 1 megabits per second data. Uh, which is a lot of data. Lot of data. Yeah. They are talking about, you know, listening music, video, video streaming, and all of that. Uh, even more, actually, maybe multi-stream of data. And nowadays, Bluetooth has even increased to two megabits. Uh, so th- th- there are different ways to to do that. But but when when we talk about positioning, I mean, every device sends very small packets, really small. So we are talking about maybe some kilobits of data. Um, so the result is that uh, as the packet gets shorter, the distance gets longer. That's like the rule of thumb. And, uh, and plus uh, the hardware design itself, especially for the locators, having a better antenna gain, a certain design, and maybe some, some kind of directivity, so there are many elements that come into play, allows for the signal to be captured even at a longer distance. So the overall result is that, uh, as we showed yesterday in the video, you can actually have the receiver, which are the locator in the case of asset tracking, to be mounted uh, on light poles that are tens of meters high or ceiling of sport arenas that are also tens of meters high. Mm -hmm. and um, Or like in the horseback riding, where you want to monitor an object that moves across a very large space. And in the past, we've done... Similar case also for cross-country skiing or other sports. So distance, uh, uh, communication distance is actually way more than 10 meters. So that's definitely not a limiting factor. The other part that would need to be considered when you plan for uh, using um, direction finding technologies, uh, uh, it's the coverage area. And the coverage area is a different thing than the communication range. And uh, maybe I don't have time now to kind of dig into the aspects and the differences, but I would encourage everybody to go to our webpage, and uh, there is an article actually in in our blogs and articles section that talks about uh, coverage versus uh, communication range. So that might be something. I'll you. try
0: and link it down below in the yeah, uh, that would be great. The for people to, to have
1: a look, and of course, if you. If you still think it's not clear, just, just let us know, reach yeah. out. We'll give
0: you a demo. <laughs> exactly. All right, perfect. Let's uh, let's move on to the next one I've got here. Um, I read that Bluetooth is a good positioning technology for proximity only, but for high accuracy tracking, ultra wide band is the only option. Is that true? Uh,
1: no, it's not. This is, uh, this is a myth uh, that has grown uh, uh, over the past few years. And... Uh, and uh, we, we hope that, the, that some of the examples we gave yesterday in the, in the, in the webinar, they really helped to, to tackle that, uh, that misunderstanding. And uh, when it comes to uh, be able to track uh, um, an object with super high accuracy, Uh, to centimeter level accuracy. I mean, picking Bluetooth or ultra wide band will lead you to very similar performance. I'm talking about Bluetooth direction finding in this case, clearly, because if you use Bluetooth RSSI, well, it's a very different ball game. So for RSSI, that's where you are practically using Bluetooth into a declination, which would lead you more to like presence or proximity. kind of uh, a result or granularity so if let's say if with direction finding you are able to go to like centimeter level accuracy and scale down so also here maybe we can link uh, in in the video we have an article that talks about the three p's which for us three p's it means position proximity and presence detection so a, a technology like like um the, the CUPA platform uh, uh, leveraging on, uh, on direction-finding methodologies, we are able to kind of uh, cramp up the whole system or squeeze the whole system performance to the centimeter level or relax them so that they will just provide maybe a couple of meters, uh, tens of meters or even presence detection. And, um, and on the other hand, uh, if you would take uh, the Bluetooth RSSI, that's something that you can try to squeeze the performance in, but that's typically where you get bounded to like one to three meters, unless you start to combine it with other methodologies. Um, but one to three meters is typically where RSSI really performs at, at its best. And also note that it goes hand to hand with latency. So when you, when you go to those, uh, especially for RSSI, you increase the, the accuracy requirement, you might allow more latency to process the data and get rid of the noise on the other side of the spectrum when you go to high accuracy there is ultra wideband and ultra wideband band, like Bluetooth direction finding can work very well for precise location uh, but for instance, ultra wideband tend to not scale down as well as Bluetooth direction finding can do so in that case you tend to use ultra wideband really for hyper duper performance uh, but then you are bound into certain number of use cases. Sure.
0: And uh, actually, Andrew from ABI Research yesterday had a really good slide and, and he was uh, talking a bit about there is no one silver bullet for all use oh, yeah. cases. Which oh, yeah. is which kind of ignites the the concept that we've seen is very popular recently of the evolution of hybrid RTLS cool. so it's not just having uh, a Bluetooth system or ultra wideband system or any other kind of positioning technology but uh, if you look at the, the in the grand scheme of things it will be a kind of a collaboration of all different types of positioning technologies in order to serve multiple use cases
1: yeah you're absolutely right and uh, It's funny that still nowadays uh, when sometimes I talk with uh, some market analyst or some customer or partner and I make the statement that, you know, yeah, Coupa is a location platform provider, but Coupa is not the solution to all the problems. We are one of the technologies that can scale, can provide accurate and reliable positioning, but then depending on the use case and the vertical markets and the budget and the other constrained, then there might be other technologies that are single-purposed, single-purpose used, and they could work better. Uh, so so the result is really that there is no silver bullets. And uh, one statement that I've made now enough, enough for, gosh, almost 20 years, even on my Nokia time, was that if someone is stating that they have the solution to the indoor positioning problem, I don't think they even understood the problem in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Because the solution to the overarching problem of indoor location is hybrid. There's no question for that. And then the different technologies find their way and complement each other or they overlap, but they, they are different. And um, before we uh,
0: summarize and close, there was there was maybe one more uh, not not so much a question, but uh, it's talking about the notion of operating in harsher environments, and you know how we deal with multipath propagation and um, this kind of stuff. And Bluetooth is not able to necessarily deal with those kind of challenging environments. So, what's your view? There?
1: Yeah, I think that this is a misunderstanding that even goes beyond Bluetooth. Like there is uh, there are. Um, There is an understanding or a belief that if you have a narrowband signal, as Bluetooth is a narrowband signal, but it could be any other proprietary narrowband technology, that a narrowband signal cannot uh, be used in a harsh environment as a position technology, because it would be uh, impacted and negatively affected by uh, multipath propagation, diffraction, reflection, shadowing, and all of those kind of physical... um, uh, phenomena that the radio signal uh, um, gets uh, affected to while propagating so and and only a signal that would have a lot of bandwidth would be able to use the channel impulse response for measuring time and ergo separate between the line of sight and the specular components so the reflection components well it's a it's it's a, it's it's um, it's a misunderstanding it's definitely a myth because uh, it, it depends on how you solve the problem. Like for the engineers that are online, you, you probably have studied during your, your engineering time the Fourier transform. And the Fourier transform is an example of where you can solve the problem in time or in frequency. And sometimes uh, if, if you solve it in time, it's super easy. Sometimes if you solve it in frequency, it's super easy. And uh, if you choose the wrong domain, then it becomes very difficult, close to impossible. So the same thing goes when you talk about multipath propagation. So it's a, it's a physical phenomenon, is an engineering program uh, to be solved. You just need to pick your bottle and the right tools to be able to measure that, uh, that um, multipath propagation. And in the webinar yesterday, the video that we showed was showing on the right hand side uh, the location estimation of uh, a, a tag moving within the area, and then on the left hand side we were showing the real time view of the locator. Uh, and I think it was pretty straightforward to see that the locator sees not just the line of sight, but it sees all the reflections that happens within the area.
0: And it's not just Bluetooth. You know, this this kind of issue is. Uh, it, the same for a lot of other positioning and technologies. Any radio
1: technology, any radio technology is affected by multipath propagation. Is 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 physics. So there is no that one technology is affected, the other one is not. No, every radio electromagnetic wave propagating in a indoor or outdoor environment when they meet metallic objects or reflecting object, they start to kind of. Um, Creates this diffusion uh, and, and, and phenomena or reflection phenomena and shadowing and so on. So it's, it's, uh, it's every radio technology is impacted by that, but it's really up to the platform provider to build within the platform all the aids for being able to cope uh, in, the, in the best way with that. Actually, to give you an analogy, think about noise, think about microphones or think about uh, your, your headset. So you can buy a pair of headsets that make you listen to music. You can buy a pair of headsets that have noise cancelling that can make you listen to the music much better because they eliminate noise. So in both cases, there is background noise that you can't take away. But some device works much better than others because we are more robust and they are built with a certain uh, number of tools and aids to make your experience uh, better. So same thing happens with positioning.
0: Okay. So if you had to summarize these, these points that we've talked about today, what would you, uh, how, how would you put it?
1: Oh gosh, that's uh, (laughs) that's. uh, Give me, give me three. I give you three. The famous three ones. So, well, there are three myths that I think uh, we should definitely uh, we should definitely bust. So, the first, the first one is that uh, uh, Bluetooth. uh, technology cannot be used for high-accuracy tracking. I think that's myth busted. I mean, if you use the right methodology within Bluetooth, uh, with the right hardware, right software, right platform, you can reach Centimeter level accuracy, fraction of a second latency, high reliability,
0: and we see that in some of our real deployments in terms of correct, correct, correct.
1: And I think that everyone maybe a takeaway from this myth would be that if you are discussing with someone and is uh, making some statement about the accuracy or reliability about Bluetooth or the performance of his system. Uh, leverage upon Bluetooth, just ask them what Bluetooth are they using, which methodology is RSSI or is it direction finding or what else, because they are very different. So there is no one Bluetooth. There are actually different versions for positioning. So that's the first myth. The second one would be uh, the one related to range We, we touch upon here. So 10 meters, is that a limitation? No, it's not. Definitely distance is longer. You can track at the distance. And uh, so I would say that this one is also easily a myth busted. And then last but not least uh, is the myth related to operating in harsh environment, metallic environment. Uh, can we do that? Uh, yes, you can. I think we showed some example of it. Uh, and uh, every technology is impacted by multipath propagation. And similarly to how good uh, wideband can mitigate that problem, Bluetooth direction finding with the right implementation can do very much the same. So I think that this, this is definitely a myth busted. And I think that another one, allowed me, I, I I like to add one more. <laughs> uh, so the other one is actually related to security. I think that Gabriel yesterday uh, gave uh, a very nice presentation around the new uh, methodology for measuring range upon Bluetooth. and. Uh, especially for car access control, there is a lot of security involved into that. And uh, also there is a myth that Bluetooth is an insecure technology. Uh, I mean, every technology is unsecure if you don't use the security feature that sure. are built within the. Board. Or if you're
0: clever enough to get past the
1: security. <laughs> well, that's a different discussion. <laughs> that's a different discussion. But I mean, the, the fact that Bluetooth would be an unsecure technology is it's, it's very different. And again, it's it's a different thing using Bluetooth for positioning, ranging, direction finding, or to using that for pairing your headset with the phone on the car. They are very different implementations. So. Um, yeah, I think that uh, we, 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 we hope that this has helped to clarify some of the myth around Bluetooth.
0: Perfect. Thanks very much for your time today, Fabio, and I'll see you on the next one. Thank you.
1: Yes, always nice being here. Perfect. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.